have a conversation around domestic abuse in the church. It's no secret that here in Australia, we have a huge DV issue. And we would be naive to think that it doesn't exist in our churches. In a book I read last year by Dr. Lynn Baker, it's called Counseling Christian Women on How to Deal with Domestic Violence. She quotes a study that she conducted of several church communities in Brisbane, just down the road from me. She states that 22% of DV perpetrators attend church regularly, with a further 14% of these perpetrators are in church leadership. Uh, one of the reasons why perpetrators are in church is because um, it's easy to hide in church. It's easy to victimise women because the church hasn't, well, we don't talk about this very often and we haven't learnt and been trained in how to deal with it. In fact, the manager of our local domestic violence action centre has asked me on numerous occasions, Letitia, can you please talk to the pastors in your city? She says, we get quite a large amount of Christian women coming through our doors, seeking help and counselling. And um, she says their pastors quite often just send them back to the abusive relationship to pray, to forgive. Uh, and this is just not acceptable in this day and age when one woman a week is murdered in our nation. The church should be on the um, front line and uh, leading the way in providing safe communities for the men and the women as well. So today we have a very special guest. Her name is Kylie Smith. She's going to share some of her journey of being in a toxic relationship. Kylie is a former pastor. She now runs a life coaching business. She's a speaker and author and she also runs retreats for, for women survivors of abuse. So welcome Kylie. It's great to be here Letitia. It's actually a miracle that I'm talking to you today because when you were born, your doctor told your parents you were not going to survive one day. Right. So what, what were the circumstances around your birth? So their answer was that my parents' genes didn't mix. So yes, as you mentioned, they took me to a room and said, um, your daughter's not going to live the day, then the next day, etc. And as you can see, um, yeah, that didn't happen and God had a plan. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and what were some of the other um, complexities around growing up and your health that kind of impacted your life as an adult? Right. So um, I look different, I walk different, and I talk different. So the scars on the outside was one part, but uh, growing up, I realised I was very broken on the inside. I was very blessed to be brought up in um, like faith. My amazing parents are Christians and brought me up in the ways of God, but I actually thought God made a mistake when he made me. So I knew he loved me. I knew I was loved by my family, but because of labels and other outside influences, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't have a um, great self in me. Actually, I hate, I loathed myself. So due to that, I didn't know my worth and yeah, did some, um, made some choices that didn't lead to great outcomes, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of those choices was entering into a relationship with um, a man that was very toxic. Um, is, is that correct? correct? Yes. Yeah. So just explain what are some of the um, red flags for a toxic relationship? Um, I think going back now, I didn't realise I was, was in a toxic relationship until I was actually out. So being brought up in the church, um, 
I think you have a bit of a mindset of what God likes and what God doesn't like. And, and I don't know, just that power, you know, a man is over a woman. Um, so some of the things that I learned, again, I didn't realize till I was out the other side, like I lost my voice. I had, and I've always been, um, my mum likes to say I've got my dad's determination because that's sort of what got me, kept me going in the world. So I'm, some would call it stubborn, others would say determination. And so I've always been quite an advocate for others. So I was surprised I even got myself into this situation because um, I didn't realize I was losing my voice. I didn't realize I was coming under control, that I was being isolated, that, um, yeah, all those things that when you're on the outside looking in, you can see those red flags. So something that I didn't do at the time was I didn't speak up because I needed to protect this person in my life. I needed to, um, I guess, so I didn't feel like a failure, which I did um, when this relationship broke down. I, I felt I needed to keep up with the Joneses, I suppose, to um, not highlight that I had made a terrible mistake and, and had failed, I guess, in these choices in entering into this relationship. And I guess you entered in from a, a place of brokenness um, and probably seeking uh, love and worth from a man, um, which, which a man can never fully give that to any woman, only Jesus. Um, and so then you're working really hard to convince yourself that it's the right thing, hey. You know, I mean, a lot of women are in that same boat, aren't they? They are, yes. And I'm glad there's a lot more education and um, knowledge around it. Like we're living in a time where there's agencies, and there may have been back then, but a couple of decades, decades ago, I didn't know it was. I thought um, domestic abuse or violence was if someone punched you, not if they held you like this and punched a wall next to you, which is what happened to me and plates being smashed, very mental abuse, things like that. I didn't think that was that. That word wasn't even in my um, mindset. I didn't think I was in domestic and family abuse. So I don't know. I think there's a lot more um, training and education, not where it should be, like as churches, not jumping the gun, but I'm passionate about, um, yeah, equipping churches and love the work that you do in spreading this and being educated as pastors and leaders in our region and in and out of churches, just as a Christ believer, we need to be equipped in knowing how to identify and how to help these people. So this um, person you're in a relationship with, did you meet him through the church? Yes, I, I met him at church. Did he see there was a problem with his actions? Um, the intimidation, the, so punching the wall is not an anger issue or he had no idea. And no. nobody else in your life or at church had any clue of what you were facing? Um, some did. I remember um, a dear, beautiful friend who's a friend, um, she was someone I looked up to back then and still do, and she picked it 
but I guess I was in denial, and this was before I was married actually, uh, but people knew, I think they could see, but I hid a lot. So, you know, as we do, turn up on Sunday with the mask on and life's rosy, like I'm in a relationship, I'm so excited, I've got a man that loves me. So that's what I was on a high about and um, so hid a lot and, again, was in denial, I think, or unaware of what it actually was. To me, love um I was being loved. I always wanted to be loved by a like the love I saw growing up of a, my beautiful Christian father showed my mum and still to this day shows love like I believe God designed a man to show love. So I always longed for that and I mean, you know. Okay. You don't need to be too bright to know I didn't have that, but any love, I guess, was better than none at the time in my mind. And and this is um, one of the struggles because um, perpetrators, we know they can be one thing. They can, they're not out of control, are they? They have full control. They can turn it on. They can turn it off. And they turn up to yeah. church as well. Uh, and quite often they're leaders, they're serving, and um, that's why people won't believe you if you did speak up because they'd be like, no. <laughs> so, right. you know, um, and obviously he's not going to go and say, I need help, is he? Um, what, was he happy in the way he was treating you or did it bother him? Um, there was, like I'm sure you're aware of the cycle of abuse, so there was the honeymoon period, there was um, all those different parts of that, so um, there'd be little um, glimpses of remorse, um, but that didn't last very long, and of course the promises that will never happen again, and um, yeah, but yeah, we know how that cycle works, it's quite hard to get out of the cycle, so... So are there, were there, was there anything anyone in the church could have picked up on or not really? Um, I'd say definitely, but again, going back a couple of decades, I guess they would have been out of their depth. Um, I went to a beautiful little, very small church and the pastor there was amazing. Like I wouldn't have got through actually if... Um, you know, I didn't have their love and support. So, like, i get dropped off at church and, you know, he'd threaten to burn, burn the place down. So there'd have to be people out the front, you know, sort of um, keeping an eye out that, um, yeah, the church wasn't on fire but not on a, a good on fire. So that was after you'd broken up? No, that was during. Oh, okay, during while you are trying to leave yeah. him? No, I wasn't trying to, um, as I shared, like God made a way out, like this person actually um, kicked us out. So, yeah, and yeah. I thank God for that because yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the strength to leave myself. And I guess, you know, we, we don't want to put all the blame on the church um, because as people, um, you can't help people who don't want help either. <laughs> That's right. Can't look behind every um, bush looking for um, something evil. But I think certainly now, as I've made myself aware and done some courses, there's certainly some key things um, to really 
watch out for both with the male and the female. But yeah, you mentioned when you were kicked out that um, the church you're in really looked after you. What what did they do? They offered um, support like phone support. I actually moved out of the area and um, back with my parents. But um, yeah, I'm still friends with those beautiful pastors today. They've um, yeah been a great support morally through prayer and even during they did try and help um, the person I was in a relationship with as well. So I that actually I liked that they weren't just trying to help me. They were great in yeah helping us. So, um, yeah, but it wasn't till that time when my loved one said, you know, you were dead inside. That's when I guess I was aware of the magnitude of what I was in. It wasn't till, and not straight away, I was grief stricken for months and months. So like, you know, to varying degrees for probably years, but yeah, like it wasn't till long after that that I realised, wow, did I really live through that? Like I was having TIAs at the time, which are mini strokes and neurologists were telling me, you know, what's going on? Tell me a bit about what's happening. And um, they said these are mini strokes that are leading to a big uh, like major stroke so whatever you're doing you need to change that and again I was still in this then and didn't have the strength I guess to get out. Again another miracle hey um, yes. so this comment that my the manager of our DV centre says you know um, <laughs> um, how why is it a dangerous to just tell a woman who's coming to you for help to just go back and forgive him and, and be a better wife. I've heard, I mean, we've heard all these excuses. Give him more sex. We've heard those ones. <laughs> so why is this so problematic? Wow. Something I'm passionate about. I'll try and stay seated, but that is so disempowering to a woman. And that is like, again, growing up in the eighties, that's how I understood the bible and it's so damaging like if we understand the scriptures jesus was before his time in that i mean he doesn't even live under time but he placed dignity on women in a culture that that just was not done so for us to use the word and especially as leaders and pastors I'm very passionate about that doing we need to tread very lightly like because they look up to us as pastors and leaders to well I need to do I know when I was back there I was looking at my pastors and the pastor that married me for um you know for validation was this okay like you know, and I just thank God that they were beautiful in that space. They never said, go back, go, you know, all those sorts of things that I hear often. And, um, yeah, so, we need to be, yeah, on the front. Should, I mean, it's not just pastors, it's small group leaders, probably even yes. more because that's where we do life. What, right. what should we, what advice should we be giving in that instance? 
I would definitely refer them to DV agencies because they are equipped. Like I know in our church, I had education and experience in that. So often the campuses would be sent to me. But can I just say, I believe as pastors, we and leaders, even we all need to be equipped with this. It shouldn't just be up to one person. But there are amazing like, um, yeah, DV organisations and agencies out there that are equipped to handle this. And I think it's important to refer on, especially if it's out of your expertise. Yeah. So, and it's great to have a relationship with them too. Absolutely. And quite often, maybe especially if it's the first time, uh, the woman's not going to share all the details. Um, it, it's more really a cry for help. So it might not even sound that drastic <laughs> but uh, I think it's it's really important to know that as leaders our first port of call is the safety the safety of the children uh, the yes. woman even the man uh, I know a good friend of mine the pastors came in and separated them both straight away at least for one night and they didn't go end up going back together for nine months because uh, he went and got counseling and sometimes that's what you really need um, yes. something sudden so you know, the safety is really important because um, what, what you're sending her back into <laughs> could well be a living nightmare. Um, where, and so just because they're in your church and, and this is the problem, he looks nice in church, hey. And we're telling them her, it's not always a woman, but, you know, predominantly it is, but we're telling her that's okay. By sending her back, we are ta- like diminishing her voice even further. Exactly. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I've come across is, again, great pastors who just say, we have no DV in our church. Um, <laughs> and um, our domestic violence manager, again, will say, you have no DV in your church because you're not talking about it. Um, and, of course, we know DV. It's not just the black eye. It's uh, spiritual abuse, financial, sexual. Um, so imagine, you know, if when you were in the thick of things, if, a pastor had just got up and, and did a sermon around abuse and just outlined what it looks like. That might have just triggered something in your mind, <laughs> in um, in the man you're in a relationship with. How different it might have been, hey, just to open up those conversations, to turn to someone and go, oh, my gosh, that's me. <laughs> so I think um, getting up to date, what, what resources are out there for pastors and church leaders? Well, there's that great course that we spoke about, the Ridley course. Um, That's phenomenal. And, um, yeah, I'm actually currently writing a course uh, on this sort of thing and I'm passionate about training and equipping pastors and leaders because I think we need to. But, again, like there's agencies out there, Lifeline come and do a course in churches. There's amazing agencies that do this sort of thing and, um, yeah, you can have a leader's day and get these people in. So no, and we're planning that in our own city. Um, I love, I got visited last year by uh, a guy, a pastor from a church. It's quite a large church and he had kind of been commissioned by his leadership team to go out and find out in the city what's happening. So I loved, they actually identified this as an issue. Let's get a list of the resources. And um, because again, um, pastors... Are busy, 
um, and they don't always have all the resources, but just knowing what's... Because our cities are becoming well-equipped. They are, yes. Let's um, talk about the retreats you run because, again, it's another brilliant resource because quite often um, you just think, how can you help women who have now come out, you know, sometimes it's 10 or 20 years and it's highly traumatic. So what are these re- uh, these retreats that you run for survivors of abuse? So I have two. The first one's for Christian women. It's called Breathe Retreat and it, it's um, I work a lot in my business on belief systems and identity, again, coming out of my story from both my the toxic relationship and the identity around self-loathing, etc., So I do a Christian one where we talk about definitely like incorporating God's word in that and having our identity in Christ and different ways on reframing belief systems to move forward. Then I have another one called Rising Resilient Retreat. This is for open market. So I get referrals to this one and it's done through, um, I've just started a not-for-profit So looking for um, government funding and things to cover this. So I'll have my first Rising Resilient Retreat in July. And that is um, for any woman who has come out of not just domestic and family abuse, who has had sexual abuse, any form of abuse that is holding them back, like from my own story, It could be decades ago and it holds people, like it keeps them stuck in that because there's identity messages, belief systems that we're believing in order not to be able to move forward, like are all around our worth and value. So they get stuck. But what I found is when you empower a woman, you empower a family, you empower a community and generations. So... Yeah, I'm very passionate about this. So, And it must be so healing just for these women to come together with women who have been through the same story, hey, and that common, because oh, you, you have been isolated for so long um, and to find healing. Where can people find more information? They can go to my website, Liberty Life Consulting, and the retreats are advertised on there. So I have one in Dubbo coming up in March and then on the Central Coast in May and October, and then the Rising Resilient Retreat, um, which will come via referrals um, in July. Do you, like, go over to Western Australia and run them there, or is it more around...? Well, they're here at the moment. Dubbo's five hours um, west of me. and um, But, however, God showed me that I'll be doing them all around Australia and actually overseas, um, you know, it would be more the churches set or um, community leaders set them up and then I'll come in and facilitate, bring the speakers. And so, yeah, I, I definitely see that in the future. So I've actually had... Um, Someone's talking about it in Brisbane, doing a retreat later this year. So, yeah, just need to book or, you know, get all my my calendars looking quite full. But, um, yeah, so definitely. And as I mentioned to you, Letitia, last week, I feel God's put on my heart about um, ministering to the perpetrators of abuse too, which is down the track too. So doing workshops and things. for So I've got a big vision for this and um, know God's on it and having amazing results and fruit in the even the breathe retreats. You know, women who have been, um, 
you know, bound for 40 and 50 years. Like every person that came to the retreat, including the team, was set free. And, you know, <laughs> nothing gives me greater joy than that. Well, thank you for um, using your story and your life to help others. It's just so, I mean, it's a tragedy what you've been through, but um, God is using that. And uh, so thank you for what you do. And we will put, when we post this and email it out, we'll put your website and your email there. So can, are you happy for people to contact you direct? Definitely, yes. Thank you so much. Um, at, at Movement Day, we talk a lot about creating healthy cities, but it's healthy churches that create healthy cities. And as goes the church, so goes our nation. Um, and so, again, I just want to... Um, almost beg of you as pastors, leaders, women leaders, there is abuse in your church. There's pornography that drives this. Uh, and these are issues that we need to talk about, not on the sidelines, um, but they need to be Sunday morning. Uh, they need to be everywhere um, because this is what a lot of people are dealing with, unfortunately. But let's be part of the solution. And so um, please contact us if you'd like to know more information or do some training. But thank you so much. Watching, waiting on your end.